Listen, even if you've forgotten to cross a T, <laughs> still tax evasion. Still it's tax lax evasion. evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Marid. So, early on in this episode, Harry and I are joking around about being a small operation that records remotely and and how we responded so nimbly to the self-isolation, the social distancing imposed by COVID-19, and then hilariously, the irony and the facetiousness of that conversation is sharpened by the fact that we actually ran into a technical difficulty, which I'm sure you will hear, in that Harry's audio sounds a little tinny, but hopefully you can still listen and enjoy the show. Additionally, if you are holed up at home, hopefully bringing the show to you can help help you in some way, uh, feel entertained, feel accompanied. And if you're sitting there with a wealth of knowledge about some particular theme, feel free to send us an email at aforeffortcast at gmail.com. Even if you don't have three terms, even if it's just a theme you're interested in or something that you've been reading, feel free to send us an email. We are monitoring that email. And the way that we generally get our terms is by pursuing leads of things that interest us. So, you know, we are interested to hear about what interests you. That said, about the audio issue, here's the episode. Hey, I'm Red. And I'm Harry. And this is A for Effort. The show where we each bring three words or terms or phrases. And the other one's got to guess what they mean. They're based on a single theme. They gotta be guessed. They have definitions. We figure it out. That's the show. That's and the show. It's it's for a long time been remotely recorded, and it is being remotely recorded right now. <laughs> it's why we've been so flexible and quick to move since this crisis. <laughs> Way ahead of all those other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Who remembers who went first last time? So. <laughs> even what's that? Uh, do you want to give your terms to me first? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, my theme this week is streaming. Okay, noted. Noted. Um, uh, brief uh, caveat that I researched and wrote them a long time ago. <laughs> so noted. We'll hopefully remember what they mean. Right. In my, I have a very good system of noting them down where I just write the term, like kind of a memento style, like as a tattoo on my body. And then I just, that kind of, I hopefully remember it. All right. My first term <laughs> is dot com venture. Okay. The theme is streaming and term. Oh, you know what? The, the theme is Netflix, not streaming. I misread the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Upside down. Some, you know the, uh, okay, so the theme is Netflix, and the first term is... Dot-com venture. Okay, is a dot... Okay, well, when I think... When people say dot-com, mm-hmm. what comes to mind is the dot-com boom in the... I think it was the late 90s and the early 2000s when oh, the internet was just becoming economically viable, I mm-hmm. guess, and... Yeah. And so there's a lot of investment there. So a dot-com venture mm. it sounds like a business that is going that is intended to be solely internet-based. They won't have brick-and-mortar locations. That's mm. not the goal. When I hear brick-and-mortar, I always think Rick and Morty. 
when I hear brick and mortar, I think of that tweet that was like, what do you not get? We're a brick and mortar store. We have an <laughs> online store where we sell bricks and mortar. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a hilarious joke. It is. That is very close. That's basically it. Okay. I mean, the answer is slightly more specific. It's more related to what you were talking about earlier in terms of the bubble itself. Okay. A dot-com venture. So was it... I'm just trying to think about how it's related to Netflix. And my understanding of the brief history of Netflix is that they started with... You could get them to mail the DVDs to you. And yes. then you could return them at any time. And mm-hmm. there were... And then they would just send you more once you would return them. And then they moved to online. I don't know. A dot-com venture, was it one of the ventures that was started in the late 90s or early 2000s? Which is, again, when I understand the dot-com bubble to be. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure about that mm-hmm. as, as a caveat. Is it a venture started then that was not particularly viable in the longer term? And it... Less specific. Collapsed? Less specific. Yes, Netflix famously... <laughs> Doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Collapse. I, well, Netflix could be an example of not one of these. Netflix is one of these. A venture started in the dot-com boom that... Don't even need that. An adventure started in the dot-com boom. Yeah, it's a business that was, that was invested in during the dot-com bubble. Okay, cool. Term number two. Progressive download. I'm reminded of buffering, like progressive, continual is the word that's coming to mind, and then a download is taking information that's hosted somewhere else and then getting it onto your local machine. Um, <laughs> For any non-internet users out there, <laughs> that that was a lot of jargon that I just used. Um, Okay, so progressive download to me sounds like instead of downloading the entire movie at once, it downloads Mm. just a little bit and then you watch that and then it downloads a little bit more and then you're watching that. And then when when your internet lags, that's when you get buffering because it's not progressively downloading. It's stuck downloading because you don't, it's not like it's on your computer. You don't already have all of the information stream. These are very technical terms that I'm just throwing around. You're really bandying around a lot of key words. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're basically right. So progressive downloading is the technology that allows you to stream things over the internet. So it it downloads it, you know, like usually if you just download a file, it doesn't download it in kind of a linear way. It like downloads lots of bits of it at different times. But progressive downloads does do it in a linear way so that you're able to watch the movie before it's actually finished downloading the whole thing. Cool. And my third term, it is over the top. It's an adjective describing the term that you have yet to present? (laughs) My next one is pretty over the top. It's Netflix. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so over the top. Okay, so if you describe something as being over the top, usually that means it's a bit excessive. I'm wondering if it's a technical term here. Well, it's an industry term. Is it, um, I guess, is it a metaphor in the adjective sense? Like, is something being described as being over the top? Or the top is something and it's a metaphor in that way? It's a metaphor in that way. So it's okay. it's almost, it's like a, a literal description of a metaphorical thing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. And it describes the thing, like Netflix would be one of them. 
I don't know. Does it have something to do with the service <laughs> of the company, you know, the customer service? No. It's like our customer service is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's over the, it, it, it doesn't mean over the top as in like more than... Like more. Than I know enough. we already went through that too. <laughs> okay, with my earlier question, sure that was clear. <laughs> <laughs> Over the top. <laughs> I don't know. It's um. I'm trying to think of clues. Right. The top is the top of your TV physically, in a way. So if you think about like what's what's plugged into your TV. Satellites are usually placed on. <laughs> a good so. that's true <laughs> if slightly irrelevant <laughs> okay so what i'm thinking is is, is traditionally televisions were connected to a cable box or a satellite for television and so is over the top sort of a a, a synonym for a disruptive technology where netflix has gone over the top of the traditional home entertainment providers basically yes it's a it's a descriptor of streaming services so yeah they bypass traditional providers of entertainment by going direct to consumer okay how would you use it in a sentence i would say we're he's going to be heading up more of our over the top services or i would say netflix and other over the top providers you know, these okay, are I see. That yes. Heard. Okay, cool. So it is an adjective describing companies who yeah. go around traditional providers. Yep. Cool. Well, that is the end of round one. All right, round two. My theme this week is tax law. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Um, right. Okay. So my first term is quasi-confiscatory tax rate. Quasi-confiscatory tax rate. Is that a... So let's go through the words. Quasi-similar to or basically mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. Confiscatory. Something that t- takes or withholds on behalf of an authority figure, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tax rate. The percent at which you give money to the government um is a quasi confiscatory tax rate a tax rate that is so high that basically the point is just for the state to confiscate your assets yep you got it cool and the goal would not so much be for the state to actually sequester all of those assets but Mm. to disincentivize people from having that much money in the first place great that was term one good that was the hard one. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was the hard one. <laughs> the next one, money. <laughs> My next term is arm's length principle. This is as it relates to tax law? It's specifically corporate tax law. Corporate tax law. Is it to do with tax ev- avoidance? Yes, it is. Is it to do with putting your profits in a certain place so as to not be taxed on them yep is it to do with corporations funneling their global profits through a subsidiary of the corporation which is technically headquartered in a low tax state it is definitely to do with that and the arm's length principle is meant to 
stop that from happening. Okay. Uh, interesting. So is it from the perspective of a tax authority? Yeah, the arm's length principle would be implemented in law. Mm-hmm. And companies would have to abide by it. Right. Theoretically. So arm's reach as a phrase from my... The arm's length. Arm's but, length. Oh, well, then yeah. I have no idea. Arm's, <laughs> arm's length. Um, do you keep something at arm's length when you want it to be quite far away from you? Mm-hmm. Like, keep that thing at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Is it that corporations need to keep their companies at arm's length? Basically. Mm-hmm. And I'll just describe how. Yeah. But I, I, think, I don't think you'll be able to guess the how based on the etymology, but uh-huh. that's basically it. Yeah. And so the idea is that assets can only be exchanged between subsidiaries of a firm at mm. market value. And, and the example given in the book is uh, Google's advertisement and search technology is owned by Google Holdings mm. in Bermuda, which has a 0% corporate tax rate, and it's licensed out to other subsidiaries subsidiaries so that Google Holdings makes the money and then Google in other countries lowers its tax burden because it's spending money on the licensing. So the arm's length principle is that companies can only give subsidiaries um, market valued goods at market prices. They can't just give them to them. They have to sell them to them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. All right, great. My third term oh, good. The, the is economic <laughs> substance doctrine. Cool. I love doctrines and principles. Those are always the best. <laughs> All right. Economic substance doctrine. Economic. As pertaining to economics. <laughs> substance. <laughs> Matter. <laughs> Doctrine. Um, Set of beliefs or philosophy. Right. So a set of beliefs or philosophy as pertaining to economics with respect to matter. (laughs) That's it, word for word. (laughs) That's one of our classic jokes. I say all the synonyms and then I put them in a sentence and then you say, yep, that's it. For those of you who are playing A for Effort Bingo at home. <laughs> That's one of them. Um, I don't know what you <laughs> Yeah. The economic substance doctrine are provisions in tax law <laughs> that make any... <laughs> Already I'm kicking myself. How did I not guess this, you know? <laughs> are provisions in tax law that make any transactions with the sole purpose of reducing tax liability illegal oh okay. it's kind That's of a catch-all yeah being like listen we haven't laid out every possible way that you could attempt to evade your taxes but in general doing things in the spirit of evading taxes is against the law shouldn't that apply to the whole google bermuda licensing all that stuff Yes. We revisit routinely violated. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Big dang. Yeah. I found... (laughs) Related to this whole topic. Yeah. I found very interesting over the last three years 
I suppose, I guess, like, the year before now, the, the two years preceding this one, that's how mm-hmm. I speak, um, um, with all the people who were uh, indicted for things um, and connected to Trump, mm-hmm. but it was, like, all these white-collar criminals who had been committing white-collar crimes for, like, 20 Forever. or 30 years... And yep. it was only when it was related to a thing like this and anyone actually investigated that they found all these crimes. Yep. Like, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Manafort, who's now in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, he was t- routinely taking bribes and money and then not declaring it from, mm-hmm. like, despotic governments that were under U.S. economic sanctions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he should have declared himself, like, a foreign agent in D.C. And he didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and yet no one's investigating. Yeah, yeah. Because people aren't looking for it, and because power structures, the incentives are not there to. And like the persecute. budgets of all those offices have been absolutely <laughs> gutted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's really well um, put in two different ways. In uh, what's it called? The Big Short. Okay. The first being that. when <laughs> they um, they go to the traders conference in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they talk to one of their friends, who's like the ex-girlfriend of like one of the guy's brothers or something. And mm-hmm. she works for um, the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's basically trying to get a job at Goldman. And so she's like, like it just shows like how chummy they are together, and like mm-hmm. how much incest basically there is between regulatory regulatory bodies and the private sector. Mm-hmm. And then the other is when they go to Moody's, the rating agency, mm-hmm. and basically um, they um, accuse this woman who is meeting them on behalf of Moody's of basically not undervaluing assets on the bank's spread, uh, balance sheets because then they will just go to a different ratings agency. They will lose that bank's business, and then the bank will get another ratings agency to tell them that actually their balance sheets are very well valued. Yes, yeah. It's like all this stuff. Yeah, it's a bad time. <laughs> you know what it is? Not good. It's a real dang. <laughs> real dang. Yeah, or um, I want to know what's going to happen with the uh, senators who seem to have committed insider trading. Yeah, what the fuck is happening with them? Sorry uh, for swearing. Because right now, I appreciate that there might not be much room in the news cycle. But like they... Uh, Broke but the in, law pretty hugely and like heinously. Yes, yeah. And but what I mean is I appreciate right now maybe there aren't the resources mm-hmm. to investigate them. But once this settles down, I hope that it's not just swept under the rug because yeah. as you say, it seems heinous. Yeah. And on the one hand, I can imagine their only defense I'm not a you know, I'm I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> so who knows? So who knows what they'll go with yeah, but I can imagine their only defense being that anyone could have looked at the potential risk and made the same decision. Yeah, but it still seems bad. It, yeah, <laughs> it does not look good. <laughs> and it's like insider trading, which generally is against the law, mm-hmm. but it's also insider trading, profiteering off a disaster that will kill hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. It's like if a hurricane was secret and they bought up, like, plastic bags Disaster to put relief. on people's... Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like... Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that Which Zoom... I think was summarized well on Twitter when yeah. someone 
quote tweeted an article about how Jeff Bezos sold a, oh, yeah. you know a billion dollars or whatever in sto- in Amazon stocks a few days before the market crash and they went yeah. he just keeps getting lucky yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, what were Zoom, you about to say, Zoom? Zoom is now worth more than every airline in America combined. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that Zoom was publicly traded. No, it is. Yeah. Huh. And there's another <laughs> company called Zoom something else that, like, mm-hmm. sells some kind of machinery. <laughs> and it also, a bunch of people bought it because I thought it was the wrong Zoom. Yeah. And then, you know, more capitalism allocates resources efficiently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, yes, the economic substance doctrine is a catch-all that says, don't evade your taxes. All right. Yeah, all right. That is the end. Uh, round two. I'm ready with my scores. Are you ready, I'm ready with, with your with scores? I'm ready with my scores. Are you ready with your scores? <laughs> I am ready with my scores. Are you? Oh, uh, no, sorry. Uh, that's another one for April. Kind of. All right, do you want to go first? Yeah, I do want to go first, actually. Great. For, um, for .com Venture, I gave you five out of five. Oh, thank you all. For the other one, Progressive Download, I gave you five. And that's out of five. <laughs> uh, and for Over the Top, I gave you four out of five. Oh, thank you all. For a combined score of 14 out of 15. For confiscatory tax rate, I gave you a 5 out of 5. For (laughs) arm's length length principle, I gave you a 4 out of 5. I think that's arm's reach principle, but I'll take it. (laughs) And for economic substance doctrine, I gave you a 1 out of 5. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) That's a very charitable one. <laughs> For a total score of 10 out of 15. Hey. hey. If you would like to learn more about tax law slash tax justice more specifically, my terms were inspired by a book by Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel or Gabriel Zuckman called The Triumph of Injustice. I got my terms from the Wikipedia page for Netflix, but I was inspired by a very good... Um, interview between Amal Rajan, who's the media editor, media editor of uh, the media show for the BBC, and um, Ted Sarandos, who's the head of content and Netflix on the media show. It's very good. I don't know where everyone can listen to it, but here you can listen to it on BBC Sounds. A for Effort is hosted by me, Moraine. And me, Harry. <laughs> and is edited by me, Moraine. But not me, Harry. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at A for Effort Cast, and our illustrator is Marielle Wall. You can also find the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And like wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, wherever, wherever you get them. You can also, if you want to speak to us in person, you can ask by emailing us at A for Effort Cast at <laughs> gmail.com. And other than that, we will be back in two weeks. See you then. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you're basically right. For anyone who's still listening after that long tangent.